I think uh, I don't. I don't even see any hit anywhere. So like. Well, then I don't maybe know. you're not looking hard enough. Maybe that's the trick. For sure. Oh, I see one. I see one. See, I knew it. I found I one. Oh, okay. We didn't record right. our intro. I forgot. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> maybe that'll be our like... intro. <laughs> Golly, I found one. <laughs> I found one. <laughs> if you're wondering what Carly's talking about, we're talking about the DHP. Go to the DHP Facebook page. Look at the cover photo, guys. They're doing a great Christmas giveaway. Uh, the post is listed down below. And, uh, and yeah, it's a, it's a fun little giveaway. $300 prize at the, at the end. Given away on Christmas Day by our sponsors, Didlaney. You, you have to look for reindeer, and they're hidden. But I found one hidden one, so... There you go. Holly's not going to get no sleep tonight. She's just going to yeah, be a reindeer. At no, it's not that big. It, the, I will say that like the, the reindeer is not too super small, so they, they shouldn't be too hard to find. Jeez, now i got to go and do this now. I'm not getting uh, no sleep. Uh, no, Patty's going to get no sleep one night. <laughs> Guys, we're going to chat Leafs hockey tonight. Um, we're going to we, – we gushed on the Leafs last time, me and Patty, and uh, tonight we're, we're, we're less gush, more realism, I think. Uh, you know, you don't win – you don't have points in 14 straight games by accident. So uh, we'll chat a lot about what's going right for the team right now. And uh, and we're going to introduce a new segment, I think, called Patty's Wishlist. So <laughs> without further ado, I think titter-tatter. Let's get at her. All right, guys, welcome to episode four of the Deke's Time Silly Podcast with your hosts, Ryan Gates, that's me, Patty Phillips in the bottom, and the lovely Miss Kylie Murren there to my Hello. right, left, I don't even know, it's all mirror. I'm um, to your right on my screen, but okay. I mean, who actually knows? Who actually knows? And if you're listening to the podcast, you don't care, right? No. So, no, uh, welcome back, guys. It's been a, a week. It's been a little bit longer than that since we've had Carly on, because the last one was just me and Patty. Uh, we did a little uh, kind of a ease back into the Leafs being normal, because our first one, it was pretty doom and gloom, right? Episode one? One? Yeah. Yes. Episode one was we right after happy. the California trip. Yeah. And there was no happy Leafs fans in the world after that one. So, uh, while I stand by everything I said... Um, so I still don't think the team is perfect. However, currently, they are playing. They've been great. They've been playing at a level. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's not really much that you can complain about as of late. I'm sure we, if you really wanted to be nitpicky, yeah, you'd find something. But I don't know if you I mean, can, actually. Like, you're dominating. We, I, I'm sure we've had this discussion the only, in the chat. The only complaint I have, sorry to interrupt you, though, on yeah. that note, is just the taking stupid penalties. And whether that's a thing of the refs or that's just the Leafs but I mean they've been great killing those off so yeah they're they're really good but like what I was going to say is like they're dominating I know we've we've seen glimpses of them dominating like November of last year when they got back on track again as well but those games if I if I seem to remember they were still like high scoring games and a lot of run and gun hockey like this is far from run and gun hockey that they're playing is like really really good cold handling really really good defense 
leading to offensive chances, which is yeah. the recipe of winning in the NHL is exactly like scoring out to rush and those types of things. They're killing out the penalties. Um, and you know what? Like some would say, because it's happened to us in the past with Freddie and Jack and Kuju back in the day that are, that our goalies have had to stand on their heads. Other than the, the Dallas game, which actually I didn't think was a true 44 shot save performance. I, I didn't think there was a lot of dangerous shots. They did play us. I don't know if the two boys have had to stand on their heads like where we've had a lot of defensive mistakes. Like that they've done really, really well. I I I got no issues with the team whatsoever. Um my only thing is more scoring depth, but what team has yeah, a, in a salary of depth? in a salary cap era type thing that yeah. we're dealing with right now, like most teams got those couple overpaid, I can't say overpaid, but those well-paid superstars mm-hmm. and then the supporting cast. So. And I can't recall a period where maybe I'm <laughs> I losing my mind or whatever, that all four of our stars have been totally on oh. for a long period of time. If like, anything, you could say John Tavares has been kind of quiet compared to the other three, but I mean, he's still making well, such an impact. Yeah. Uh, I think he might not be on the score sheet, but he, I know he did probably get obviously a couple assists. I don't even know, honestly. No, he didn't. He landed on the last game. He landed, yeah, I know the last game with all those goals, he didn't get in on any. So, but either way, he's still, he's still, still like I said, making an impact. Yeah. That, that Calgary game was a little, um, I mean, I couldn't really watch it. We were at a party and I was watching on my phone, so I couldn't really hear it, you know? Um, But, that was a little bit of a gong show from what I did see on all the highlights and whatnot, but uh, we can't expect Murray to be perfect all the time. And the boys just managed to pull out a win and that's all that matters at the end of the day. Yeah. No, I, uh, I'm, I'm echoing everything you guys say, so I'm not going to say it all again, but uh, the one thing that, that Patty mentioned that I've been talking about for better part of all last year, even when they were playing well, I talked about it when they were not, I talked about it, um, is, is that scoring off the rush thing like too, too many times. And I mean, yes, they did it with some success. Uh, clearly they were a great five on five team last year. And I mean, they did make the playoffs, but most of the goals were, you know, they'd set up around the perimeter and they'd move it around. They, you know, there was tips and there was scattered dirty goal last year, which was new. I mean, they, 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 you know, Nylander was suddenly in the last couple of years become that net front presence, which no one thought that was even remotely possible, but they weren't scoring off the rush. No. And, you know, your, your, your most high danger chances are going to come on two on ones or two on twos or pretty passing plays or whatever it is. That's where you're going to get your opportunity. And, and we just haven't been doing that at any, not for any amount of regularity. We'll say, I mean, yeah, they scored the odd one here and there, but, but in this, in this last stretch, man, yeah, when you, and it's when been you, working. When you turns it over on the blue line for the Leafs, you're in a world of hurt, right? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bad place to be. So, for so echoing what you're talking about there, like for so long, they'd get to the damn center line and dump it in, dump and chase, dump and chase, dump and chase, yeah. and just try to set up and do their little set plays. And it was not working. Five players were collapsing in that traffic's area in front of the net. And you're not getting anything through. They try to feed a pass through six bodies and like, it's just not going to work. But now, like I said, coming in after rush that Matthews and Nylander goal, their last game, I know that was, I think that was not the power play, but it's still same idea. It came off the rush two of them in like Matthews assisted on his own goal. Perfect. Yeah. Right. Two on one really or whatever. Attack. I, yeah, like, it's been working. 
Yeah. All of them are going. Like, I have so much confidence in Willie Nylander right now. Five-point night. Like, and yeah. it looks – he don't even look like he's breaking a sweat. I know. Like, it's just – well, we've always going. All along. He does, so he, doesn't, he doesn't look like it, but, man, he is putting he's the work a, in, eh? Yes. Yeah. And, like, seeing him back check, and I'm just mm. like, who is this Willie? Like, this is a different Willie. And I honestly, I think it's just maturity. They were talking about it today on Leafs Lunch, and uh, they had a clip from Sheldon Keefe, and pretty much like he always used to need to be kind of pushed. And there's been none of that this year. And he said like the players are kind of just feeding off each other and pushing each other. And it's exactly what's happening, and it's been really fun to watch. Oh, yeah. You can take this soundbite to the bank, but I can't get enough, Willie. Oh, I love him. Yeah, he's my fave. Oh, that's a good one. Gonna, that's we're a good so one. clipping this one. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's too late you don't die him. Yeah, no, but it, I mean, realistically, I, I'm not. I'm not even kidding. Like, I, I, I longs for him to come back on the ice when after his after his shift is over because now he's playing with Matthews. So I mean, like, that's not a bad thing either. So you're always wanting Matthews to come back over the boards, but like, Nylander, and he, and we shouldn't be shocked because ever since he came with the league, he's been that that puck possession guy. Like when he gets he's the so puck, strong. he keeps it. The right? way he can like yeah. push people off and then it's just looks so effortless. He's like holding yeah. the stick with one hand and he's just pushing the puck along. Like yeah. it's I amazing. Mean, well, like I mentioned, I don't know if it was in the group chat or if it was in one of the private chats it was one of you guys. I can't remember or maybe one of you guys at all. Irrelevant. Uh, I mentioned it a couple of days ago in one of the chats that, you know, Willie is kind of on pace for 50 goals. I know. Insane. Right. I'd like, love for him to get it. Oh, it'd be great. I'd actually be more excited for him to get it versus Matthews because you knew Matthews was going to get it eventually and he don't get crapped on like Nylander has. Like, no. Can you imagine that contract now is 6.9 million? I still see I've always said that one's great. Right now. I always but, knew he was going to be something, just whether yeah. or not it was with the Leafs. But I'd always relate back to, well, Duba said as long as he's in, in charge, William will not be traded. Yeah. And he's stuck to that to that promise so well, far. Why so, would you? I mean, look at the At upside. this point, you're uh, silly. I can't remember who said it, but when he was drafted, they, they someone made the comic. So he was drafted, and then he came over and he played a little bit in the, in the OHL, uh, OHL, AHL with the Marlies, right? Yeah. And yeah. I got a few glimpses of him downtown when the St. John's Ice Caps were here and everything else. And I can't remember which celebrity it was who who made the the, the comment, but he said William Nylander has dominated at every level of hockey he's ever played. Yeah. Even the year yeah. he played pro over overseas with his old man, he dominated. Oh, um, uh, speaking of playing well in the AHL, and that I mean, he's dominating now in the NHL. That's yeah. that's his MO, right? Right. Go I was going to say, um, speaking of his dad, there was he's already tied his dad or surpassed his father for multi goal games, and his dad's played like 900 games in the NHL. Yeah, he was a and his father was a good player, too. Yeah, right? You can't knock him. So, he really has just player, the ability though. to dominate on a, on a regular basis. That, yeah, I don't think you can push him out of the puck. Um, not very often. Four, he's probably the strongest. Uh, Matthews is pretty. I don't the know. Legs he's just, on him. Sure. Yeah. I'm yeah, going to stop trunks. the podcast right here. I'm going to stop it right here. This is the longest podcast in the NHL this week that anybody's went without talking about Mitch Marner. Yeah. yeah. Really, though. We're so just loving on Willie no, here. Well, yeah, Willie. We, we, we love a bit of Willie around here. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, we got to talk about Mitch, right? Like, we got to. I mean, what's yeah. insane? I mean, is he right now? Is he today the best player in the NHL? I don't know. He's pretty damn. He's up there. I mean, I I know you're always going to have the Connor narrative. Can, you yep. can't you can't knock Connor obviously, but 
sometimes you do have to recognize that there's players that are just as good, but in different ways. Mitch Marner also plays defense. And I know they had McDavid out. I seen him on the PK in a game probably last week we were watching. So I'm like, oh, okay, he's getting some def- defense time or defense. You know what I mean? Uh, power play, power, my God, penalty kill time. But um, no, Mitch Marner, I mean, he's five on five, even just the way he can back check and steal that puck and, He's been he dominates in every facet of every the game. He's Drent, power play, PK. That to me is a, is a definition. And he actually, obviously he produces or whatever. He's a definition of an MVP for me. I know McDavid and it'll be, it'll be the crux of uh, the rest of his career will be, it's always McDavid's trophy to, to lose. lose. Um, I, and I, I really, really hate the argument that, well, what, what would Edmonton be without, McDavid, well, that's the case for a lot of teams. Probably not Toronto, because they're dead. But for a lot I, of teams... i tell you one thing. Toronto without Mitch Marner is a different-looking club. No doubt. Oh, God, yes. Right? And that's yeah. why the question of the year, which I'll stop asking it in 2023, the question of the year that I always ask is, if you had to choose Marner or Matthews today, we asked last week, and everyone's kind of wish-washy, if you had to choose today for, to sit one player, who are you going to pick? I still can't I, choose. I'm still taking Austin. You're gonna you're gonna play Austin. Yeah, yeah. Over Mitch Marner currently today. Yeah. If they had a game still, tonight, I, well, I, I, it's this it's, is like the freaking power rankings. That's like I said last time. It's like trying to get me to choose between my two dogs. Like, come on, you choose between your two boys. Oh, I mean, come on. Now. Like Let's, that's I how mean, it feels. So I don't expect. Clearly, you I'm going to take Vincent. <laughs> but like, <laughs> you know, kidding. I'm kidding. Patrick, I know. I'm I know. Sorry. Um, but. You know, I don't actually expect someone to, to answer that, but thank you, because um, I wouldn't be able to. I'm right. Say hi. <laughs> um, but uh, clearly, one uh, is obsessed with me more than the other. But uh, yeah, it's just too hard to pick. Yeah, it's well, too hard to pick. for me, I've always been Marner. I've always been Camp Marner when it comes to his overall impact on the team. Because like I've like I've made the point before many times, I don't think Matthew scores sixty or even close to it without Marner. Uh, and that's what that's been Matthew's thing all along is that you know he's relied heavily on Mitch Marner. I think that Matthews may rewrite that script this year if he stays on the line with Willie again. That's gonna be the interesting part for me because he's on a roll right now. Like once he yeah. broke once he broke that bubble, he's well he's had a, a goal per game for the last seven out of eight, eight games. Was it? I think eight, I think yeah. it's eight or something. Yeah. So it's I mean, like crazy. suddenly, like the people who had a ten goal lead on them in the scoring race are like four goals ahead of them. That's like, how it was last year. I keep same seeing thing. memories. That, that, um, right. that, that gap keeps going. Do, Getting do, smaller and smaller. Do, do, do. He hasn't had many multi-goal games, but they're coming. Yeah. I, well, like, back to Mitch for a second. Like The knock on Mitch for for so long has been prior to last year, because he started to shoot last year, but it was the fact that he, didn't, he never shot. He was pass first. And I think that's part of, or a big part of the reason why he's so successful is now the opposition, the defense. Well, is Mitch going to pass? Is he going to shoot? What's he going to do? There's, there's not you many times know. as a Leafs fan when I've been watching the game. There is a few, and and most of them have all been in the Matthews Marner era, where when they score a goal, I'm just, I'm just sitting there with my jaw hanging open. The I'm one, freaking the, out. the one that I remember for a couple of years ago was the remember the Spinorama pass, yeah, uh, yeah. across Carolina. ice, yeah, Carolina, amazing. Tipsy, like I was just there, game. like, <laughs> like I was just so blown away. The other night on that clap bomb that Marner had stepping in over the blue line, I I was like, he hasn't done that before. 
I've never yeah. seen it. Not from him. Not to just step into one and just like, like rip it. What what else does he have in his toolkit? Because he does stuff like the dangles, like something new every night. But when he starts to, again, the clap bombs just over the blue line. It's like, he don't do that stuff. I didn't think he was strong enough. Like, I mean, I shouldn't say that because he's a pro player, but like when you think about guys who can really rip it, they're usually the big burly, you know, guys like Ovechkin, Stamkos, guys built up, you know, like not bigger body guys, but just like, you know, noticeably stronger, not, not, not the miniature playmaker that Marner is. I mean, he's a small guy, right? By, by stature. I mean, he just absolutely unloaded, unloaded and beat him clean too. Like there was no screen, no nothing, just ripped it. Yeah. I don't, I I don't think he expected that. That was the thing, right? The I celebration or, or the lack. quick, wasn't it? Was that the LA game? Uh, Pretty sure it was. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. What's it? The LA game? Um, yeah, it was, but, I think. Yeah, but uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Sorry, but yeah, I don't think the goalie was expecting that because, it, like you said, it is Mitch Marner, and he typically don't shoot like that. All I was going to say was the, the the part that I loved the most about the goal, uh, you know, the goal itself was the lack there of celebration. He just, oh, yeah. he, he just, he just rips it home. And he's like. Just cold face, stone face, kind of like that's right. I think I think Your he was now. <laughs> yeah, I think even he was shocked, honestly, because that was just like whoa. Like right now, he's McDavid's got a nineteen point, or is it twenty one? No, nineteen point lead over Mariner. Like in order for Mariner to be in consideration for the MVP, he do have to tighten that gap, no doubt. I think he but, should be up for the Selkie. I, oh, well, I think that's automatic. This? Right? He always gets votes, but yeah. I really do think he should be considered. Well, this, I think this year. It's his to win this year. His to lose, uh, I should say. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, they're playing him as a defenseman sometimes. Like, what else? Do you Like, how many other forwards in the league are getting actively played as a defenseman in certain situations? Did you guys catch the graphic? I think it was last game. Yeah, I feel like I was watching it on my phone, so it must have been last game. Um, they had... I don't know how they measure this, obviously some crazy stats, but um, it like analytics or something, but it uh, said most defensive like forwards in the NHL. And we had three of the top five. Wow. It was uh, Matthews was first for most defensive touches or something per game as a forward. Um, Mitch, uh, Maddie was first. Mitch was second, and we had David Kemp, I think might have been fifth or something, if I'm not mistaken, or fourth. So uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Camp, I I camp man. He don't get it. I love that they give him the belt like a few games ago. I think it was Murray give it to him and saying that like he he deserves the recognition because he how good he plays defensively. Yeah. And I feel like he don't get the love that he should get because he don't score a whole lot. I mean, think That's... about that goal he did score though a couple games ago. That was sick. Yeah. yeah. So. He does show oh, up sometimes. It's funny. I don't watch all the all the LFRs with Steve Dangle, but I do I do tune in sometimes. And I think it might have been that game. Steve made a comment, and I'm, I I got to agree with him. He said he said if if they, like they, they think Kyle Dubas when he when he acquired David Camp thought that Camp might have some untapped offensive ability that just hasn't gotten there yet. Mm-hmm. And Steve said he said yeah he does. Just tell David to play even strength like he does on the PK. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. he, like, he's a threat on the PK, but he, he goes around the third or fourth line, and, like, it's, like, okay. Like, he's not a liability or anything like that, but, like, he, like, when he's killing penalties, man, I expect him and Mariner or him and or Engvall to score. Every like, time. 
Yeah. I don't even get, I don't even really get pit. Like I used to get half pissy when we would get obviously penalties, but here late, not even here lately. It's always been a great, like shorthanded chance at least once every penalty kill. Well, we led the league in shorthanded goals last year. Yeah. Right? Not now, our, our, our this PK, year hasn't been. Yeah. Our PK's changed yeah. a lot. I mean, we did lose, it's uh, way different now. we Mikheyev did lose was, uh, Mikheyev. was a big, big knock. Yeah. And, uh, um, who else was a bite or somebody else? Okasha used to kill the odd penalty, didn't he? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well, yeah, whenever he was Yeah, healthy. but I wouldn't really. Yeah, that's yeah, true. He wasn't there all the time. He's out right Mikheyev now again, the, hey? Mik- yeah, Mikheyev is the big, biggest loss there. And yeah, oh, no doubt. Oh, my, yeah. He's doing great in Vancouver, too. Yeah. So, I mean, my only, cons- my only concern with the Leafs continues to be how do you replace that guy in scoring? Mm-hmm. And I just uh, bring on Ryan O'Reilly, just saying, but whatever. I know they're not the same type of player. What if we go bring to, him on anyway. we go to Pat, this is going to be a new segment on the sh- on the show is Patty's wish list. Yeah, as we hear the, the merch trade deadline, and it's this week is Ryan O'Reilly. All right, I, I like, feel like you know, I loves a good segment, boys. I loves I loves incorporating a good segment. You know, yeah, off topic Patty's with Kylie Mern as she yeah. hasn't been as off topic lately as usual. No, but I've anyway, been on, I've been staying on track. It's weird, actually, kind of freaky. But Patty's wish list. There you go. Welcome to Patty's wish list, Patty. Why Ryan O'Reilly? No brainer. He br- he brings it all. Like that defensive element, which is would flow ni- so nice with the team this year. They're all so defensively responsible. Uh, I think he'll pot the odd goal. I don't think he's gonna scare anybody with points or whatever. He's that captain. He's still young. He's only thirty one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he's a Toronto boy. So it all it all comes to pieces. It's it's a younger, probably healthier version of Nick Foligno. I was just gonna say this reminds me of a yeah. Nick Foligno trade. Captains like, uh, and, trade and he's deadlines. UFA. Um, St. Louis are not in it this year. No, I, I can't good. imagine they're going to re-sign him back. Um, probably wouldn't be cheap to get him. Probably a similar package to what it would be for Nick oh, Foligno. Uh, first rounder all day long. Yeah. Sure. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. So I'm. What's his salary though? He's in this. No, I know seven... we'll have LTIR built up. And oh whatnot, my god, but... salary should oddly lost. enough shouldn't even be an issue for us this year. No, with no, no not with the injury. I, I can't see most of them back. Period. So. Yeah, he's in the seventh. Seven and a half, I think. Not, is he? Yeah, Muzzin is definitely not coming back. I don't think so. No. I'd be very surprised. But um, I mean, at this point, well, let's go off topic and talk about Riley for a second. Um, at this point, would you keep him? Like, I know we still need, to, like, we can't rely on the depth that we have. We would need would you to keep bring who? in would, would Morgan, Morgan Riley at this oh point. God, seeing yes. what you've seen, you'd still keep him. Oh Just, God! If you could trade him for somebody who could play left wing up with Johnny and Mitch. No. And okay, let's okay, say well, you let, could let get me, a, let's <laughs> say you could get a mediocre player and a good depth defenseman. Absolutely not. No, it's I've just hurt. seen so many um, like trade proposals if, if and stuff lately, case, and I've just been curious. If that was the case in the late nineties or early two thousands, when Sundin went down against the Islanders, and I think he missed the next series against Ottawa, and then he went in and played Carolina, and he he came back, and then the it seemed like all Macaulay was there and do you think Sullivan maybe and Stevie Sullivan or whatever, but I know Macaulay went on a bit of a tear that year in the playoffs and their performance just dropped right off when Sunneen came back. So if that was the case, Sunneen would have begun years ago. Uh, I guess so if you look at it that way. Morgan Raleigh is by far our number one defenseman. Oh, I, I mean, I'm a big yeah. Raleigh fan. I've always been, but at this point I don't want them to take Sandine off the first power play. And I no. feel like, I mean, Riley's good, um, but on the power play, he's just really, he lacks creativity and he's just so 
predictable. He just shoot like I don't know. I just feel like Sandy's been more has been a lot better on the power play than what Riley was. I think the no brainer question is yeah, you keep him because everyone needs a number one defenseman. Yeah. However, the fact that it's even up for discussion, it's is amazing. it's very interesting for sure. It's it's amazing because like he's been out for a substantial amount of time. We haven't lost a game. We haven't lost. We haven't missed yeah. him. Nope. Right? It's not like you're like, but, oh, you know, Raleigh would have closed off that gap. You know, yeah. he would have kept. He, he would have. Like, what know, does like, he do that? Let's say Sandine or even Lilgren can't do. Can't. Well, the big, the big difference of what you're seeing now with Raleigh gone versus when he comes back is when Raleigh is there, he's the one that has to. Re- it's a human nature thing. He's the one with the responsibility. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's gone. All these guys have had to take on added responsibility, oh, definitely. become a little bit more mature. So there's a part of that, the fear of when these star players come back, because it used to happen when Sunday was out yep. many years ago, is that all these guys had to step up. And when the big boy is back, well, they say, okay, maybe we can ease back yeah, a little yeah. bit. That's yeah. That stuff happens. But the, the way I see news. it, when your star player is out over a long period of time, what the Leafs are doing right now. I don't know if that defense is sustainable with your number one defense. Maybe it is. Yeah. Who knows? But, but the scary thing is, him in the lineup. yeah. Oh, hundred percent. But the thing is yeah. like, if let's say we, let's say he was out for the season, God forbid, knock on wood or something. Um, and let's say one of Sandine or Lilgren or Brody goes down again. That's when it gets scary because other than what's his name, uh, Ben, like who else do we, Hallowell, what, Hallowell? Is it Hallowell? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, it gets mixed up in him and Goldberg. Hallowell played name. pretty well. There's a name you guys haven't mentioned and you should be dragged out and horsewhipped for it is Mark Giordano. Oh uh, my God, he's been. You, you talk about people stepping up. And, I don't even think about him getting injured. He's just like Superman. I mean, like if you were to told me that Giordano was going to play at the level he's playing at currently, I'd at say no, no, but. No, uh, is it? I mean, he's he's dialed the clock back, like he's like he he's playing a physical game. He's 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 playing an incredibly good defensive game. He's not taking a lot of tough penalties that you're like, oh man, you know, like there's not a lot of that. And he does take the odd one, but I mean, so does any of the other defensemen. It's Justin Hall throwing yeah. the puck. Like <laughs> that was a hilarious. Friggin' lunatic! I think he thought he was playing baseball for a minute, but uh, but, but yeah, no, was, I mean, Geo Geo is Geo is the one who shouldered. I think. The biggest responsibility of yep. holding that decor together, yeah. and man, I mean, if if Riley's worth nine million, Gio's right? worth seven. We got him for eight hundred. <laughs> not not the million dollar him. that he's making or what. Like, I think the biggest task that that Keith has in the next few weeks is when Riley do come back. Yeah, what do he, you do? He figures what I don't know. How, I wouldn't know how to do it. Is so how does he keep that group of six still motivated? Still maintain the same responsibility. The Stanley Cup winning teams, all six have maintained that responsibility. Whether you're in the top pairing or the bottom pairing, they both both pairs go down the ice, assuming they have a lot of responsibility right now. That's kind of been the Leafs' problem over the years. Keith's mm-hmm. got to coach to that somehow. Um, but I think you uh, you go with Riley Brody because we know that works. Yeah. It's always been a great pair. You keep your Geo and your Hall together. And you got your Sanine and your Lilligren. But I'd, almost, I'd swap there. those lines. Yeah, but Timmons is there for depth at this point. Same as Jordy Ben. Yes. So, because at this point, we've needed one. And every game, it feels like someone has gone down. Like last game, Malgan was hurt. Now, I think he was okay afterwards. I think he's like he was practicing today. But, yeah, you know, it's great to have those guys. And then if we got to swap them out whenever someone's – maybe you just got to give Gio a break at some point. Like, 
I think yeah. that's probably what you do soon as you do get Riley back at a regular rotation because I think you're going to ease him into the lineup. Well, you know, but. the other I wouldn't say the nice thing. Well, maybe it is the nice thing about seeing some of these defensemen go down, like your top pairings. No difference than last year when Luis when Mrazek went down. You know what you got in the system now. You know what you have in Shalgren. Yeah. Now you know what you have in depth. Like the, the Dubas trade for Timmons, GM of the year just for that move. How he's, he's unable. Fine. How yeah. he's able to offload. Curtis Douglas, who would never play, who will never play in the NHL. He may not play with that. Well, he may play with Arizona. Right. Uh, and how you're Braves. So he won't make our but, team. But begs the question, though. So if the Leafs can slot him in, I don't know if they've had injury problems. Arizona couldn't find a spot for Timmons in that lineup. There had to be. They got a lot of someone that they could have waived other than him. All right. Like they got Chicharin, they got Gothisbear, they got like. I don't know. At this I point, maybe they, they probably had already given up on Timmons at this point. You know what I'm That's saying? Probably they got, more they got their young kids in or something. But he's still so young. Like, isn't he like yeah. 20? He's not. Oh, yeah, actually, I, 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 never... think, I feel like he's 20, what, four or something? I think he was Matthew's draft, that? wasn't it? Right. I think he's, yeah, I fig- I thought he was like Mariner's age. What's his first name? Connor. Connor. Connor McDavid? Con- no, we have Who our we own Connor. For? Twenty twenty seventeen. 2017 he's 24 yeah i thought i'd look that up okay. he's 24 so yeah he's not old but who knows he was in the lower have... draft right because there were right, talks right. He 2017 might... yes yeah. it was something to do You're right yeah. we were looking there, at him or there something. was talks he might he might be in in and around that slot where the leaks picked and then lilligren fell like 10 spots and everyone was like oh my god i can't believe we got timothy lilligren and then Did after you hear that... that story about him like how that all happened he had mono and his draft year and he missed a bunch of time and he wasn't himself and he ended up dropping right and right he was touted as a first like overall overall yeah Yeah. it was crazy i was reading that about him not too long ago and i was like wow i did not know that i just wasn't following the team as much back then because that's back when we were drafting kids because raleigh was the same thing and the funny part the funny part is we'll take it morgan raleigh actually turned out to be the best player in that draft well maybe not the best player he was the best player in the top five in that draft that was the akpav year right so. Yeah, and I think Galchenyuk was just before. Galchenyuk, yeah, Galchenyuk Ryan, was just Ryan before Murray. Raleigh, I think. But mm-hmm. you know what? I I always laugh back at Brian Burke quotes because I take him with a grain of salt. <laughs> and he was he, to this day he will say Raleigh was the one. If he had to pick first overall, they would have taken Raleigh, and, and maybe he was truthful. I don't always believe what comes from his mouth, but uh, he he's always said he wanted Raleigh at number one. And well, who went number two that year? Ryan Murray. Ryan Murray, yeah. Yeah. Well, Again, never panned out to be near the defenseman everyone thought he was going to be, right? He had a good solid yeah. world juniors and all that good stuff leading up. And But anyway, uh, long story short, we have drafted incredibly well in the first round anyway, and we've had some decent second rounds. We're not we're not at a Dallas level of drafting yet. Holy crap. But I uh, know. That was crazy when I seen that yeah. graphic. But then again, I, I don't think anybody on the planet would have took Nick Robertson to – or. Uh, Jason. Jason. Jason Robertson to be doing uh, what he's doing now. I mean, that's just insane, right? And I don't well, think he, it's sustainable either, mind you. Yeah. You know what? Like, I, I the whole idea of drafting, Detroit were known as strong drafters for years of drafting. Like, it was Datsuk and Zetterberg really late and those types of things. I'm not convinced, especially in this era, with all the technology and all the scouting groups Analytics. and all this kind of stuff, that there's a, a player out there that's hidden that a team says, oh, yeah, we'd probably take him in the second, but we're going to wait to take him in the seventh. That doesn't exist anymore. Maybe it happened years, many years ago before, with the internet and all these kind of things that you'd find these hidden gems. I think it was more of a stroke of luck than anything else. Oh, 100%. 100%. 
Not, not, like, not even more of a struggle. It was 100% a struggle. I just don't. You, no. you just don't. I, I don't know. It's. Yeah, I, I I don't buy all this stuff. Like, they locked out for many, many years, especially Detroit, because they were winning. They were at the top of their game, and they were still drafting really, really good, which kept the system the coach, going in their success. The catch with Detroit at that time, too, they were drafting They were drafting foreigners when a lot of teams weren't. Right. right? So, like, yep. guy, Russians like Datsuk were slipping to the sixth round. And I, I don't know if it was Illich or anyone, one of one of the big dogs there in, in Detroit made the comment one time when they were talking about the Zetterberg and, uh, and, and Datsuk draft. Uh, he's like, yeah, I, I don't want to give away trade secrets here, but do you think we would have waited until the sixth round if we knew Datsuk was that good? <laughs> yeah. So, like, clearly so no. stupid, right? Like, right? And then, you know, the other thing that I saw this week, just throwing out tidbits now, it was the graphic where um, I'll never pronounce his last name. Der, uh, the Russian kid, please just call up. Oh, Dragachensev. Oh, SDA. Yeah, yeah, that guy. So <laughs> Dubas trades, what was the 25th pick, trades down his typical Dubas, in his typical Dubas fashion, trades down and gets two seconds, I think. Was it a first and a second rounder or something like that? So he trades a guy, never played the game in the NHL. The two picks end up being Sandine and our new Russian buddy. It, you know what? It doesn't always work out like that, though. No. I, I did hear that same thing the other day, and I instantly thought about uh, Jeremy Bracco and Travis Dermott. Do you remember who we traded yeah. down to to get those? Do you remember who was picked in that slot? Because it haunts me at night. I will tell you, the Philadelphia Flyers in our spot drafted Travis Konechny. Yeah. Wow. So, so it's all crapshoot. So I, I remember watching the draft and I'm thinking to myself because, you know, I, I like I always did back then. I don't do it nearly as much as I used to, but back when we sucked real bad, I mean, I studied the projected first round players to a hilt, especially the guys who were down in and around where the Leafs would be drafting. And uh, and I remember Konechny still being available and it's coming up, it's coming up, it's coming up. I'm like, we're going to get this kid and he's a little firecracker. He's a good little hockey player, right? And yeah. I was real excited and real excited. And that's when the the... We have a trade to announce. I was like, do not trade down. Do not trade down. Then they traded down, only to draft Travis Dermott and Jeremy Brocko, which I thought after the trade was done, I was like, you know what? These guys might pan out. And Brocko became oh, yeah. one of my guys. I followed yeah. Jeremy Brocko all the way through. And he has he played a game in NHL yet? I don't know. Probably not. Uh, Dermott never, ever reached his ceiling, I don't think. I, no. I just I always thought he had that extra, maybe an extra gear, extra two or three gears that he could have gotten to, but he just never did. You know, I really thought he could be a steady uh, second pair defenseman who could put up some offensive numbers, and he just never just kind of fizzled. So, yeah, yeah don't always work out, uh, but that one seems to be looking real good right now, that uh, that Sandine, Sandine and, and SDA trade. So yeah. we'll To see. the point now, with, you know what, if you can trade for players and they're whether they're going to be stars or not, if they can get NHL games in, that's, that's, a, that's a big deal. Uh, so the fact that these guys – Sandine has had a bunch of NHL games and uh, and this guy in St. Louis don't. Um, like It's almost kind of a win right away. Mm-hmm. And it all depends on the, is... in, on, on the system you're in too. See, this is the problem, right? The yeah. St. Louis system has been flushed with, with, with defensemen. Or what, yeah. was it a defenseman that they drafted in St. Louis? I think it was. I think so, yeah. yeah. Uh, don't, don't quote me on this, but I think it was. But if, if it was, I mean, it is a product of their system because they were flush with great defensemen for a lot of years. So developmentally, is he going to crack the lineup when you got guys like friggin' Alex Petrangelo there at, the, at that time? You know, like, and, and I mean, they had a litany of good guys who won a cup with them, for frig's sake. So 
Um, I hate to write a kid off too, based on where he's playing, but right now, yeah, no, it looks like a great trade. I mean, straight up this kid in St. Louis for Sandine might end up being a great trade. So if you end up with another piece, um, but uh, back to the Timmons thing, when the treat, when the trade was made, I mean, let's forget the fact that he, he has already played NHL games for the team and won in all of them and picked up a point in one of them was wash all that. I thought it was a great trade. If Timmons plays for the Marlies, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. like the trade of Cur- Curtis Douglas, who was, third line center for the Marlies for a right shot defenseman with a lot of high end upside. If he's healthy, I was like, yeah, all day long, all day long for the Marlies. So if he, if he plays any time with the Leafs whatsoever, again, it's, it's right up there with that Labushkin trade there the other, there the other year, they got Labushkin out of Arizona mm-hmm. for who cares. It wasn't anything like, and, and he, he it came over. Richie, wasn't it? Yes, he was part of the, was he part of the, yes, he was. They dumped the contract. Kyle yeah. Dewis dumped the contract and got back a defenseman Bushkin. who yeah. ended up playing in the top four for the majority of the time. He played on, on, on Riley's, on Riley's uh, right side for a while. He did, yeah. So yeah. like I, I looked at that trade last year as, as Dubas's best work to date because it was low key, high impact, right? Yeah. You trade a guy who's underperforming for your team for a guy who, who was rough and tumble right into the playoffs. So he was not a problem for the Leafs first and last. I was sad to see him go, actually. Same. I think we need to get a GM on here because I one of the things that just boggles my mind is how Dubas can pull off a trade like he just did for Timmons. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would find it hard to believe this day and age that another 10, another 15 teams didn't see the upside in Timmons that they were willing to take a flyer on him. Um, and they weren't able to offer something better than Douglas. So I'm wondering, does relationships with other GMs? He it's is got it Bill Armstrong. Oh Bill yeah, Armstrong, I think so. a big thing. Like, I think it, we it, did. did we, I think we, we're we, after doing Arizona a couple of favors. Yeah, Who's the goalie that we, we took off your hands last year. We they took our goalie. We we've had a great relationship with Los we Angeles. Had this little guy from and uh, and and uh, Phoenix. Uh, yeah, I'm, I can't believe actually that the the Chikrin trade hasn't happened in Toronto's favor yet, and I'm surprised it hasn't. I, I got a funny feeling that. It's just either too rich for Dubas or I'm sure that the conversation's been had. Um, and I, I'm guessing this is just a guess, mind you. I'm guessing that, that they wanted either a Nick Robertson or a Timothy nice. Lilgren or something like that. And if, if, if you got to be trading an active roster player at this point in the season, it, yeah, to no. me, I don't care what you're getting back. You don't, you don't want to mess that chemistry up too much. If you haven't got to, yeah. especially yeah. impact guys like Lilgren to me, while Sandin's been great, I wouldn't trade Timothy Lilligren right now for there's a lot of players that wouldn't pass my door before I'd say, yeah, no, we'll let him go because I I just think he's been fantastic. He's night yeah. in, night out. He's not you know what you know after a goal scored and they pans the camera right to the guy who made a mistake? It's never Lilligren. Ever. Yeah. Never, yeah. ever, ever, ever. Uh he can get the shot through from the point as good as anybody. He reminds me of Cody Franzen. That's my only plus side on Cody Franzen when he was a leaf. He could get the shot through almost every single time. Yeah. Uh, Lillard can get it through. He, he moves incredibly well laterally on, on the blue line. I think I'm going to have been standing next to you at camp, yeah. uh, Patty, when we were, when we were watching yeah. one of the, one of the, the, the warmups there. And, uh, I was like, who's the defenseman skating? The, like he was like the, the movement along the blue line was like serious. And that's what it ended up being. It was Lilligren at the time. That was <laughs> three, four years ago, whatever it was when they were here. But my point being is that, you know, they got a lot of great pieces there. They've had a lot of great relationships. Um, I think that, that, that those pipelines are still 
still open and ready for business because I, I, I mean, I don't think LA is sad what the return they got on the Jack Campbell trade or the Jake Muslin trade. I mean, that, that turned out pretty good for them. They got roster players. Right? Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Between Tra- Dersey and Trevor Moore. That's Car- two. Carl, Carl Gunstrom was playing. Gunstrom. He's playing one, a, lot, yeah. a lot of minutes there. Jersey looks real good. I, I just, I find it hard to believe, to your point, though, that Chichar hasn't been traded. There's got to be something there because that contract, was he at four or four and a half million with, with term oh, yeah. left on it? Had a like an amazing year last year. I know he's got some injury concerns. He's had yeah. some significant injuries. That's the problem. For a player of that age, but well, unless I, they're I, asking for a ton, which which has to be the case, I think he would be in the Leafs. Like I'm looking at cap friendly here now. Like they've got two years left of Brody, one of Hall. So he's I can't see him bringing Hall back next year. Lilligren and Sandine got two each. Connor Timmons is an RFA with one year. Giordano got two years. Mac Hollowell one year RFA. So like you're really going to have to go. I don't know who's uh, unrestricted, but one thing that we've noticed from Dubas, he doesn't really, you may prove me wrong, but I don't think, I don't think he's built a long-term structure of his team. True uh, free agency. He, he's usually done a true trade. Mm-hmm. The fact that Chitron is not, because he, he likes that controllable part as well. And that term versus cap flexibility. And, um, if he if Tristan wasn't hurt, I think everybody'd be trolling prospects and picks at him. But they well, also want a lot for him, apparently. And the rumor and was I mean, two, two first uh, grade A prospect and an active roster yeah. player was the rumor. That's a lot. That's for that's a lot. Yeah, that is, that is a lot. I and just he's see what just he had like left. like you said a huge injury history, broke between broken ankles and wrists and everything else. And maybe right now because he was on an in, like he was out from from an injury. And he just come came back like what two weeks ago, maybe three. Like, and uh, he's got three I guess years maybe left teams want to see. Okay, I was just going to look that up. Maybe yeah. teams just want to see how he does for the first little bit before they. Fantastic player, yeah. a fantastic hit. You can be sure that they're going to ask a lot. However, I, I mean, two firsts, a grade A prospect. When you're talking about grade A, you're talking about you know your your second or third you know, on your depth chart. So maybe not a Matt Nice because he's probably number one right now, maybe on our depth chart. But next to him, you know what I mean? Like you're talking about one of your best young players in, in your in your minor system. Plus a guy like, you know, you're going to pluck a Kerfoot off your, off your team. Maybe even some better player than Kerfoot. But my point being, you know, you're talking about a major, major investment. Uh, you've got to be 100% sure that's going to pay off for starters. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I think it's a fascinating thing. I, I can't wait to see where he does end up. Because you got you got to figure with all the dealings that we've done back and forth with Arizona. Phoenix. Yeah, the conversation must have happened by now. It's not like oh, definitely. It's not like an I'm elephant just, in the room that you're avoiding. I'm just looking here now. He's been back for ten games and he has nine points on that crap. And Arizona I mean, he—I've I got him in my hockey pool. He shoots a ton. There was one game, maybe second game back, he had eight shots on net. Wow. And I think I said in the last podcast, when was the last time a Leaf had defenseman had eight shots on net or anywhere close yeah. to that above five? We have a job to get a forward with that money. When when Matthews right. has a good night, he got eight or nine shots on there. Well, for reference, I have Kel McCarr on my fantasy team, and he gets like at least five shots a game. Yeah, like and he's a defenseman. Now, part of the reason why he shoots a lot is that the depth in Arizona, they've got Keller. They don't have a lot of great forwards up front, so he probably doesn't have a chance, a choice. But the fact that he's not afraid to shoot and he's getting the shots through, that's the catch. Uh, getting them through, right? Because yeah. you're exactly. still getting them through the same defenses that we're facing, right? So, uh, and again, that's what I always liked about Lilligren. That's what I liked about Cody Franzen. Um, I've never, ever been one of those guys who was just like, 
who enjoy watching the defenseman who just rips it and just hope for the best. If it's not going to hit the net, I don't see the point in shooting it. You rim it around more often than not, right? Uh, that's why I always hated Brian McCabe. I always hated Dion Phaneuf. When it comes, I, I liked him as players. There was a lot of stuff yeah. about Phaneuf that I really, really loved. But when he when he lifted that stick to the rafters, I was like, oh god, you yeah. know, you, you just knew it was going high right, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my wish list is <laughs> this is gonna be. A, I don't think Santa Claus can do this one. No, Ryan O'Reilly and Chitron. That's my wish list for oh my god. For March. Yeah, Nora but went to see Santa Claus retained. last week. I asked Nora to ask Santa for a Stanley Cup and. Uh, he said, no, I have to cheer for Edmonton because it's closest toward the North Pole. I said, you got me again, Santa. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. yeah, Santa Claus, oh, not a least man. That's clear. Yeah. Yeah, we already knew that. Yeah, it's not new news. Clearly. Well, guys, I think we've loved on the Leafs enough. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. All good. All right. Well, we're the Ducks. I, that's we got Charlie at. Conway. Yeah, they're playing. They played today or tonight or playing now, whatever. So playing, we got them on a back to back. That's great. Playing Ottawa. We shouldn't need them on a back to back. No, I know. <laughs> they're I just, atrocious. I, it's just always a good thing. But it, I mean, it, it, it would be the most leaf thing possible for them to lose to uh, uh, Anaheim tomorrow night again. So we'll that would be see. Like, they've been they've been proving us wrong. They have. Like, we've well, been I'm going st- up in games. I mean, five to nothing, four to nothing, and lovely, sh- you know, shutouts back to back. Um, I guess we uh, we finish off by uh, shout out to the sponsor as per usual. Uh, there's an interesting actual con- actual contest happening on the Delaney Hockey Program Facebook page. I'll link it right there. So if you go to the Delaney Hockey Program Facebook page, you're going to see they've uploaded a new cover photo. Now in this cover photo, there's we'll just say several reindeer. So all they're asking is that if you can identify how many reindeer are in the picture, send it as a private message. Don't comment on the post. Don't be a tool. Don't give away the answer. If you can find all the reindeer, send it a, a message to uh, to Delaney Hockey Program. And if you're correct, you'll be entered in a draw. And the mystery prize has got a $300 value, which will be drawn for on Christmas Day. So not a lot to ask True for. Hockey stick. Uh, quick question. True hockey stick. Is, nice. this, is there like hidden reindeers, or is it just this obvious? The hint on the page says... It might not be as obvious as you think. So I'm assuming. I know. Closely. closely. But yeah, it's a great, great contest, guys. Go check it out. I do know that DHP, uh, they're in the process now of uh, of uh, registering teams for their annual Christmas tournament, which has been going off in the Harbor Grace Arena now for at least three or four years. I don't know exactly how many, but uh, it's, it's an annual thing. People look forward to it here. Uh, friends, families, uh, all get together for it. It's a big do. And for the first time, uh, they're putting one off in Puerto Basque as well at DHP West. So again, uh, Linda Massey and crew will be doing a draft nice. style uh, lotto over there, I do believe, where they're, uh, they're going to put together some teams. Uh, so unless, of course, they get a ton of teams registered, I guess that's a different uh, scenario. But again, uh, check out DHP West um, with Linda Massey there. It's all through, through the same Facebook page. Uh, there's an add up for uh, for what you're going to be looking for there for their annual Christmas tournament as well, starting a new tradition out west. So, again, big shout out to DHP. That's our sponsor for uh, for season three. With those guys, we're not sitting here tonight. Um, you can get them at www.delaneyhockey.ca. Uh, they're also on Instagram, Twitter, um, and Facebook, as we previously mentioned. So, yep, big shout out to the boys. Uh, I don't know if we'll get another one of these in before yep. Christmas, will we? What do you think, guys? It's kind of um, like. I think we should. No, no. All right. Well, I'm not we officially going to say can. Merry Christmas. I think yet. we can. I think we can too. No, 
We'll, we'll get one more. <laughs> we'll, we'll shut her down. Um, again, uh, thanks so much. If you're following us along, you want to see more of our content, uh, www.deeksnipeselly.ca. You can get us on facebook.com slash deeksnipeselly on Twitter at sellydeek. Uh, we've got an Instagram going, uh, all of the above. If you're looking for um, the video portion of our of our podcast, you want to see mine and Patty's beautiful faces, uh, you'll get us at at uh, YouTube. You can search Deke Snipe Sully. Um, if you like listening to Carly's uh, soft, silky voices, you can get her on. <laughs> whatever. You can get her, of course, and the rest of us at uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, you name it. Uh, you've got it. Uh, Deke Snipe Sully, anywhere you listen to your podcasts. So, unless there's anything else from you guys, I think we should shut her down, yeah? Yep. Good. All good. Go Leafs. Go Leafs. Peace out.